Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. And good morning. Your telephone calls and your text messages, always Bring welcome. On. Bring them on. Only they have to be lawn and garden type. Yeah. Because no this car is, questions. This is no car questions. <laughs> this is our uh, Smart Garden show on CCO, and it is brought to us every week. By our good friends at By the Yard, make that best patio furniture in the whole world. Yes, we thank them for that. Well, Julie Weisenhoor, as we mentioned, and we heard uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a few minutes ago, there. is in. Uh, but uh, also uh, from Mickman Brothers, Jared is back with us Hi. talking about lawns and gardens. I, I mentioned to Julie during when she was saving me uh, earlier <laughs> that I had uh, a week or so ago, I had my lawn aerated, aerated yep. and seeded. Good. And, um, and of course, it, it left. Like if you had a bunch of little poodles around, your, you know, your front and backyard, right? <laughs> that, and then they, of course, dissipate or whatever. But they break down. They do. They do. But because of the rain soil cores, that and the is, cool soil temps, cores. that yard really has looked good. So I mowed it because it was getting rather long, but it really looks good. Good. They, they, lawns like cool weather, don't they? They do. They At least love around. it. Yep. What about other parts of the country? I mean, do they... Uh, I'm sure not in Arizona, but different kinds of grass. Different kind yeah, of grass. Yep. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the qualifier. Yeah, we have there. cool season grasses here in Minnesota, and they grow best in the spring. I and guess the fall. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, if you have a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. Julie, here's one. Uh, I have three knee height lavender trees that have done really well this summer. I planted them in my front garden. I know they are not hardy to Minnesota, but I'd like to overwinter them as an experiment. How do you suggest I do that? Oh, yeah. Well, those that's lovely. Lavender is a wonderful plant. It's, uh, it's kind of a woody, semi-woody, uh, herbaceous plant here, and one of the tricky things about it is it really does need moisture, to, uh, much like an evergreen does, to get through the dry periods of winter. And so... Um, so the best thing to do is to dig those up and bring those into the house if that's appropriate. If that, I don't know what size they are. Uh, when you say trees, I'm guessing they're either pruned or grafted or something. And, um, and to bring those inside and then put them in a sunny window and keep an eye on them for moisture. Don't allow them to get too dry. And then keep them in a cooler place versus a warmer place. In other words, don't put them near a heat register uh, it, what happens is we tend to get spider mite issues on some of these uh, plants. Check them over also when you bring them in. Be sure that you're not bringing in any little pests with them. You might want to repot them or when you dig them up, put them into fresh soil, new soil that you bought, uh, that not soil that's been sitting out in your 
you know, back patio or something in a bag or anything like that because okay. you might bring some critters in with it. So Good point. All right, let's go back to the phones. Ron in White Bear Lake has a lawn question, I believe. Go ahead, Ron. Thank you. Yes, good morning. I would like to aerate my lawn this fall and uh, do some weed and feed to knock knock back some uh, broadleafs. What should I do first? Is weed and feed a good time of the year to do that? It's still okay, yep. Uh, if you haven't fertilized already, um, absolutely still good time to aerate. Uh, I would do that first and then get your weed and feed down. Um, ideally, you probably would have done it sooner, maybe next year, um, but still a good time for that. Okay. Put it on your Google calendar. Right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Dennis is calling from Woodbury with a question. Go ahead, Dennis. Thank you. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, my question is about overseeding up at the cabin. Because we've had this cold snap already, am I wasting time if I try to overseed in the next couple of weeks? Should I wait until spring? And then if I do, what do like, the soil temperatures have to be to get that seed to germinate? I would probably wait till next spring. Um, we're getting kind of late, especially like you said with that cold snap. Um, usually, I, I I tend to err on the side of like four to six weeks. I think we're hinging in on less than four weeks right now of of good uh, growing temperatures. So I'd wait till next spring probably, um, and wait until that that soil thaws out. Um, you see moisture starting to stick around on the soil a little longer. Um, yeah, and I would just, uh, I would do that in the spring, um, unless you're considering doing a dormant seed maybe do it that later this fall, even, um, if, if you have time to do that, otherwise, um, yeah, wait till the temperature, temperatures start climbing up and you start to see that grass green up and, uh, do an overseed in the spring. Here's a text, by the way, thank you, Dennis. Uh, the text number, by the way, is 81807. Can I still split Iris? The texter wants to know. Oh, usually with iris, it's probably better to wait and split them after they've bloomed. So we, I think roughly the rule of thumb is around July to do that. At this point, you really don't want to be dividing any of your perennials at all because we've kind of passed the window at which they can get reestablished before they go into winter. And you could put, end up actually doing more damage than just waiting until next year to do that. All right, Julie and Egan uh, has a question on the phone. Go ahead, Julie. Thanks for calling. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Hello. with the massive amount of acorns this year, I'm wondering if it's okay to leave them on the yard or if it's best to try to pick them up. Boy, that's a great question. I think um, I, I guess I would try to rake up what you can. I mean, if you mm-hmm. have just gluts of them, you don't want to leave them on. They can be tannic. And they could do some damage, don't you think, Jared, right, to yep, your lawn? Right, yep, I would pick them up if you can. Yeah, plus yeah. if you go to mow, it's going to be a real nightmare. Right. So, um, yeah, I would try to rake up what you can, Yeah. I think. If it was dry enough, you're probably going to laugh at what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it would sprout. But if it was not, had not them? rained, no, but I took my leaf blower. And it was dry enough. Wow. Oh, that's they good, moved, yeah. It that's moved, a powerful and the, and, leaf and the, blower. And the, and, the gra- <laughs> and the grass was relatively short. It moved them out. Yeah. Of course, you got to rake them up from the curb, but well, uh, that's easier though. Yeah, you it can is. Get them Absolutely. into a pile. That's great. Yeah. You can also take a. I do this with leaves in my rain garden in the you know because it's got rock in it and everything. And in the spring, I take my shop vac out there. Oh sure. And I vacuum the leaves. Absolutely. So, um, so we had with, we had a question similar to that: seed now or wait, and dormant seed that comes from Michael in Brooklyn Park. Seed now or wait to to dormant. Yeah, is, I mean, is like it kind I, of a border now. Where yeah, we, like I said, it's you're, you're kind of in that that 
gray area where we don't know that we're going to get the four to six weeks, um, ideally for for seed germination establishment. So I would I would aim for that dormant seeding if you have that uh, kind of in your tool belt. Um, I would do that. Otherwise, like I said, just wait till spring and, and seed in the spring. Dave is calling from Inver Grove with a question. Dave, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yes. Say I got some Colorado blues. They're about 30 feet high, probably about the same age, and they got white stuff coming down the side of them. Uh, the guy told me that that was uh, wilt and those trees should be removed. Uh, who's the guy who told you? I was on a, I mean, a tree service. It was a tree service? Um, yeah. Is it one that you've used before or one that was just kind of in the neighborhood? Uh, no, we've used them before. Okay. Um, that, if they're certified arborist, they are the best resources for major tree issues like that. Colorado blue spruce have a, a lot of issues. In fact, there's a lot of spruce um, needle cast diseases and, and other things too. Um and so I'm not sure about a spruce wilt. That I'd have to look that one up. But um, I, I arborists are really great resources for our trees, and trees are so important. So, um, you know, you could ask a second opinion, or you could send uh, some photos in to uh, ask an expert on our extension site, and we could take a look at them too, run them past our forestry people if you like. Um, that You can find that on our extension site at extension.umn.edu. And go to yard and garden, and we can take a look at that too. But you know, those ar- arborists are really a huge resource. They're really we have some very talented people out there right. when it comes to trees. We do. Um, I put in new Texas says I put a new sod in August and it has rooted. Should I fertilize now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you didn't fertilize uh, when it first went down uh, and haven't since, I still would. Um, you're still going to see some benefit with that, with that fertilizer application, um, and seeing that establishment. Uh, I've seen a couple of people lose sod, not taking care of it late in this year, late in the year like this. Um, so if you haven't fertilized yet, I would still do that. Okay, we need uh, to take a break, so let's do that. Uh, you can call in your lawn or garden question or text it in six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text number is eight one eight zero seven. All right, welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Julie Weisenhorn in from the University of Minnesota. Jared go is Gophers. back. Woo. Yes, go Gophers. Yes, go Gophers. Yeah. You guys are both wearing your, your yeah, university stuff. How We're about branded. that? branded. Happy homecoming. <laughs> yeah, homecoming. Oh, that's right, it's homecoming. And Jared's in from Mickman Brothers helping us out too. Now, we have a lot of texters. We have a lot of callers. So let's see how many uh, folks we can help out. Um, who has been waiting here, Julie? I see Ed in Bloomington has been waiting the longest. Go ahead, Ed. Hello. You, have a, you have a great show. Thank Say, you. Thank you. Yard, I had my yard tore up by a utility company, and it's been sitting for a month waiting for them to come back and restore it. And so I bought some sod, but they haven't come back to level it and put some black dirt down. How long can I store the sod? It's in the back of my pickup truck, and they probably won't be here for another week. How should I best keep that alive? Is that possible, guys? Well... I probably wouldn't hang Close on. to rain for a week, so yeah. that's pretty good. Um, that's the good news. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> might turn yellow, though. Right. And if it gets too wet, I mean, we have this issue at the store, too. If it sits too long, we get some mold in the in the rolls. Um, air it out. 
like she said, if it's if it's raining, um, if you roll it out, you're probably going to be okay with keeping it moist. Um, but I wouldn't sit on it too long. If they don't get after it this fall, hopefully they do something in the spring. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't think we've ever had that question before. Yeah, no, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't sit on it. It's too I long. Mean, yeah, I too try long. to get that down as soon as you yeah. can. If yeah. you have another use for it, maybe use it then. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe there's another part of your yard that's looking like it could use a refresher. Right. <laughs> Texter says, uh, what is the best time to transplant a hydrangea? It's been a mostly shaded area, and it hardly ever flowers. That would be in the spring. Right now, um, if you've got questions about transplanting, I would just wait. Uh, we're running into, it's going to be really wet the next week, and that is not a good time to be digging around in your yard. And we're getting to the end of the season where the plants can successfully reestablish their roots. Uh, when you pop them in the ground, they grow through go through a little bit of transplant shock, and they need some time to get those roots back acclimated into that new uh, planted area. So right now, I would hold off on any transplanting, any dividing of perennials, and we just wait till spring. It's easier to do it in the spring anyway when the plants are mm-hmm. small and they haven't leafed out. Um, so I would just hold off on that kind of stuff right now. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Connie in Minneapolis is uh, calling in with a question. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. Say, I have uh, honeysuckle vines that I planted, I think, I think six or seven years ago. Anyway, they're on a back fence. They're very pretty, Good. but they're totally out of control. When should <laughs> I... Um, uh, pinch those back, prune them. Uh, again, I would wait until spring. When you when you start to prune right now, pruning activates uh, hormones within the plant that pushes out new growth. And so it triggers the plant to actually leaf out. And right now you don't want to do that because we're going into winter. And any of that new growth is not going to be hardy enough. It's not going to have time to, to uh, acclimate into the cooler weather. So um, So I would just wait on that. And I would do it in the spring when the buds start to get, they start to swell. And uh, maybe start to open up a little bit. Then you can kind of pick through it and you can prune it the way that you want it to look. Okay. 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. Texter says, I have a beautiful pot of hens and chicks. Can this come inside for the winter? Yes, it absolutely can. Put it in a sunny window. Uh, be uh, conscientious of watering it. Not too much. Uh, those are succulents and they, contrary to what their name is and how they look is they really like to be relatively quite dry. Uh, but just keep an eye on them. Watch them for spider mite webbing. Uh, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest pests we have in our uh, houses because our homes are really warm and dry in the winter. Yeah. And uh, so just keep an eye out for that. But uh, make sure that your container that they're in also drains really well. You don't want them sitting in any kind of water because they'll start to rot. All right. Texas says our grass needs cutting, but we can't get it done in this weather. Can I have any good results throwing grass seed down in spite of the long grass? Uh, probably, well, Might probably not. Might just sit on the grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you really do need, I mean, with seeding, you need seed-to-soil contact. And if your grass is too thick or it's too long um, and it's wet, a lot of times that, that seed will adhere to the, to the turf surface instead of the soil. So I would say either let it dry out, wait till spring, wait till um, Halloween and do a dormant seed if, if you're trying to thicken up. Um, but now is probably not the best time. Like we talked about earlier, we probably need more time anyway. So I'd wait till spring or, or do a dormant seed when, it's, when you can get it thinned out. Okay. 
Uh, you know what? I was just looking at the clock. Well, let's uh, take. We have another half hour of the show to go, so uh, don't go away. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Uh, Julie is in from the University of yeah, Minnesota. Hello. You know, we haven't mentioned. I don't think you did. Is the website the website? Yes, the website has undergone a facelift and it's got some new navigation out there for you. We're still adding things at all the time. So if you're missing one of your favorite re- references or resources, just ask an expert, go down to that uh, under the master gardeners heading and we can uh, help you with answering that question. But yes, extension.umn.edu. And Jared mentioned dormant seeding and we have a publication under, lawn, under lawns and landscapes under lawn care about how to do that. So if you have a question about how to, what is dormant seeding and when do I do it? You can go to that page and that will tell you exactly so what much you need good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's great information. Great resource. Oh, really, yeah, really getting is. better all the time. And Julie's here. So is Jared from Mickman Brothers helping us out this morning. We have a lot of callers, guys, and texters awesome. as well. Let's see. Some folks have been, Steve has been waiting there for a while. Steve, what is your question? Good morning. Yes, good morning. morning. Um, Julie, I've got two moonflower plants. Okay. And the leaves, or the, not the leaves, but the flowers have fallen. But now you've got those lime green seed pods. Right. With the spines all over them. Okay. Do I let them mature on the plant, or can I cut them off now and dry them in the house? I think that, um, boy, you know, I've never done that with that plant. I think you would want them to dry out a little bit more on the plant. You don't. What you don't want to have happen is that the pods burst and you lose the seeds. So, um, but you can keep an eye on that. You could actually do an experiment and cut some of them off and leave some of them on and see if it's better to dry them in the house or uh, to leave them on the plant. You could try that. Once you do collect the seed, then uh, lay them out uh, out in the air and let them dry. Um, before you put them into like an envelope, an envelope works really well because you can, they're, you know, it's small enough to keep uh, the seeds organized, and then that the paper allows them to stay dry. They don't, it doesn't hold any moisture that might be residual in that seed. Okay, keep them in a cool place too. Right. Yep. Joe and Robbinsdale is on the horn with a question. Thanks for waiting, Joe. What is your question? I had a lot of tomato blight. How? When's the best time to get rid of it? Okay, so uh, with tomatoes and as well as all of the Solanaceae family, that's potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, tomatillos, eggplants, you need to rotate those crops first. So you don't want to be planting back in that same location. Uh, if, if you have a small garden, then look at probably putting your tomatoes into large containers and letting that area, because basically you're re, you know, those pathogens are in the soil and they continue. The other thing to do is next year when you go to choose your tomato plants is choose blight-resistant tomato plants. And Cornell has a great webpage called the VegMD, uh, Cornell University, and it's got lists of different um, vegetables and their, which one, what kinds of varieties are resistant to what. So you want to look, you can look at that page. That's a great resource. Um, and then also... When you go to plant those is you want to be sure that you've cleaned off all of your, if you put them in containers, if you used cages, anything you want to wash that with a 10% bleach solution in the spring, or you can do that before you put them away this year. Same with your tools. If you have shovels and uh, pruners that you've used with those tomatoes, you want to be sure that you sterilize those. It's 10% bleach solution. And, uh, and then go ahead and 
choosing those disease-resistant plants, rotating your crops, using fresh soil in containers. Don't reuse the soil because, again, those pathogens are in the soil. And the issue with blight is that once you start to see it, there's nothing to do about it. You can't treat it. It's really, it's not an attractive situation, but it won't affect the fruiting that much. So uh, so in that case, those are some of the things you can do to kind of ward off uh, blight or at least lessen the blight. Okay. 651-989-9226. Ken and Chen Hassan is on the phone. Uh, go ahead, Ken, with your question, please. Yes. This spring I had a, a tree stump ground out, and, you know, it had a humongous mound of, of sure. chips and so forth when they were done, and, and I tried to clean it as best I could, but then I asked the guy, uh, if there'd be something I could put down to counter the wood chips and the stump, and he suggested pelletized lime. And, you know, it looks beautiful now. I mean, you can't tell even where the tree was. But my question, I was like, that, you know, I had to buy a 40-pound bag, and the, it says it's pelletized lime. It says cricks, promotes green turf and so forth, all natural, safe to buy it, and it says apply anytime. So my question is, can I just put it down now? I mean, what could it hurt? I mean, it's, I mean, there, there be any downside to putting it down. No, I mean, there's not a bad time for lime. Um, but a what's soil li- test what? would be good. A soil test think? would be good, yeah. yeah. What um, does lime do to the soil? Lime raises the pH. Right. Yep. And and actually, liming is a is a pretty long process. You can't you can't correct soil pH in in one application. Um, it's something you have to do over time. So, I've I've only seen a few soil tests where um, pH is really off and needs correction. Um, people do. Overestimate the the power of of pH in their lawn, especially. Um, it's a little more sensitive to to garden plants, but but turf will really tolerate a lot of different uh, pH levels. So, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why they recommended raising putting down lime when you had a stump with wood chips because yeah, that's a or, that's carbon in your soil, right? And what that's going to do is that's going to suck up the nitrogen because the carbon will. Absorb will will use up the nitrogen that's in that area as it breaks down. That wood, those wood chips will, or those you know that sawdusty stuff. So I think I would probably do nitrogen applications. Yeah, that, exactly. And maybe yeah. be look at that lawn at that area, and if it's getting kind of yellowy looking mm-hmm. or peaked, I would probably then be adding nitrogen to that. Don't you think? Yeah, I would offset say, yeah. that carbon. Yep. Probably not. Lime isn't. Yeah. I don't think lime though. No. I'm, that's curious. Well, here's another lawn question. A does uh, <laughs> does corn gluten do anything for lawns? And if so, when should it be applied? Mm. What is it, and what is it good for? It's in dog food. Yeah, <laughs> it is really. Yeah, it's in a lot of things. <laughs> a lot yeah, of things, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a good organic nitrogen resource. Uh, kind of like, I mean, I I like malorganite. That's a that's a good organic byproduct as well. Um, it's a good nitrogen resource that you can use um, that won't really burn your lawn or, um, you know, have harmful burning effects like uh, store-bought nitrogen resources. So any time is good that you're seeing your lawn um, looking a little, like she said, peaked or um, low in nutrients, it's it's a good bump that you can give to your lawn, absolutely. I think with the corn gluten meal, there's a timing situation though isn't there jared where you you have to put down an application like in april and then another one in may 
and it's a right. pretty small yep. amount of nitrogen. Yeah, it it's is. It's a pre-emergent, basically, yeah, exactly, yeah. For, for annual seeds like crabgrass seeds and things like that. So right. it's a pre-emergent, meaning that it'll, it'll prevent, prevent seeds from, from germinating. That. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so it's a weed kind of thing. The problem with malorganite is doesn't it contain phosphorus? It does. And it's a, it's phosphorus like a, is not allowed on our lawns. It's right? like a six four zero, yeah. yeah. So it has yeah. it has a pretty small amount of well nitrogen and phosphorus, yeah. Yep. So um I've used malorganite in a garden bed yep. for repellent to repel actually deer and right. rabbits. Yep. Exactly. And it's worked pretty well. It has a little bit of nitrogen benefit too. But it's uh, it's got phosphorus. So it well and we're not in, supposed to be putting now. phosphorus on our lawns. But it works well. It worked well. Yeah, for it you. works pretty yeah. well in the garden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's um, got a interesting story. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the phones, guys. Chris in Minnetonka has a question. Chris, we're listening. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I planted gladiolas for the first time this oh, year. Oh, good. How'd they turn out? Beautiful. Nice. nice. Except they're not drying back. Can I dig them before they dry back? Oh, boy. I think, yeah. And I, I'm guessing that they're going to probably dry back. I, they're probably not drying back because we've had so much rain. And they're probably still absorbing water. But, yes, I think you could dig. If they've stopped blooming and, and you're ready to dig them out, um, I don't think you have to worry about the soil freezing for a while. But um, that usually will happen, you know, probably in November or so or end of October. But you could dig them up and uh, you want to cut down those stalks. They're actually called corms. We refer to kind of all of those storage uh, parts of plants as bulbs, but they're called a corm. And you can cut them down to about a half inch within the corm, the stalks, and then allow them, clean them off. And then allow them to dry or cure for a couple of weeks, one to two weeks, in a well-ventilated uh, area. Once they're dry, you can take off any old, the old corm and the any little corms that it might be um, hanging on, and just put those nice big large corms in a in a mesh bag, and put them in a well-ventilated, cool area, about 35 to 50 degrees. So if you have a cool spot in your basement or if you have a heated garage, you can store them in there. All right, you know what we need to do is take a quick break. So don't go away. We have more callers. We have more texters to help out on our Smart Garden show this morning. In the Twin Cities overcast, 43 degrees in the Twin Cities. Danny Long here with uh, Julie and Jared. We're talking uh, lawns and gardens, as we always do in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your calls and text messages, and we have a bunch of both guys. Um, Gene in Stillwater has been waiting. Gene, what is your question for us? Um, Yes, my question is on the grass. If the grass is long, are the roots growing the same way? Are they growing long? Or if the grass is cut short, do the roots grow faster? Uh, Definitely, like we mentioned earlier, the roots are definitely more active this fall. Um, It's going to grow more now than it would in the summer, uh, just like the spring. We're going to see a lot more root growth now. Um, I do usually tell people to to, to lower that mowing height uh, in the fall. Um, if you do cut it shorter, it's not necessarily going to mean your roots are shorter, but um, longer is usually better in the fall uh, or f- as far as grass goes. But I'd still be looking to, to shorten that height in the fall. Okay. Um, thanks, Gene. Uh, Terry is on a cell phone with a question. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's- is there any reason to prune a flowering crab apple tree? 
Uh, anytime or now? Here's my question. My husband has done very well with our our regular apples that we use for baking. You know, he goes sure. in between February and April, and he knows to bleach the trimmers and awesome. you know all that for higher fruit yield. But we're not. We, the crab apple tree isn't for fruit yield, so he, he thinks if he goes in there and prunes it, the tree will be healthier. That actually tree, I mean, all trees need some kind of pruning and crab okay. apples. That's a good idea to go in there. And part of the reason is that the canopy can get quite dense yeah, and mm-hmm. with branches. And if you go in and take out kind of, and it sounds like he's very good at doing mm-hmm. this, is if he goes in and takes out some of those branches that are non-productive, then maybe they're just foliage. He'll open up the, uh, the canopy of that tree and allow more light and air to get mm-hmm. into that canopy. That okay. does two things. It might produce more blossoms internally, and uh, and then it also allows air flow to get through that canopy in the spring when we have wet spring rains, and those leaves will dry out better. It could reduce some any any possible leaf spotting diseases. Okay, and is it similar where you should do it like February through April and yeah. bleach your trimmers? And- yep, that's really good practice. He's doing a good job. Okay, thank you very much. All right, very good, Terry. Thank you. Bev in Minneapolis has been waiting with a question. Go ahead, Bev. Thanks. Uh, yes, I have a large box that I have filled with dirt for a couple summer squash, and I've had good luck with it except the last two years. The leaves have mildewed, and then it gets root rot. And is there anything I can put on that, you know, that will kill that over winter? Okay. It's, a, it's um, a big container. Yeah, so the uh, the drainage is the first thing I think about when you say root rot. That, uh-huh. that soil, maybe you want to do a couple things. You might want to feel that soil to see if it's really clayey, and uh-huh. you might want to amend it in the spring with maybe some peat or something that will lighten up that uh, that soil and allow for better drainage. Then I would also check the drainage of the box because it could okay. be clogged up. Uh, uh-huh. There may be poor drainage, and, and then you want to open up any... Uh, holes that might have clogged up. You might want to drill some new holes if that's appropriate and make mm-hmm. sure that you have good drainage. The, okay. mil- the mildew is just part of squash. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Uh, yeah, powdery yeah. mildew is very common on our cucurbits, which are melons, mm-hmm. squash, cucumbers, uh-huh. and uh, there's not much to do about it. You don't want to spray anything. It's not very yeah. attractive, but it just happens. You can. Yeah, I have an answer for the guy that asked about the moonflower. Oh, yes. I, I have them. They're, I think they're called datura. That's what I call mine. Yes. Yep. But they recede themselves, those okay. little spiny pockets, and I throw away two or three hundred every spring because they, <laughs> they come up like crazy. And... Uh, Good. Okay. So just leave them on there and let them seed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I think I I love it when our listeners have good advice. (laughs) That's great. We have very very smart listeners out there. We do have smart, smart gardeners. Thank you, Bev. (laughs) Uh, Should I text her says, I continue to fertilize my Meyer lemon tree that I bought, brought back inside. Can I trim the long vines on my, oh, these are two questions. Okay. So the Meyer lemon tree You'll want to continue to do just a mild fertilization of that. You might want to actually like just hold off until it starts to reacclimate to the indoors. When you start to see new growth coming, new leaves, uh, you do want to provide a, a mild fertilizer. We usually recommend half strength. Um, also be sensitive to the fact that, and it sounds like you've had this tree for a while, but um, is that citrus require a, a more of a citrus fertilizer. So you can go online and you can find a citrus fertilizer. 
Um, don't use the citrus, the big Joby steaks that are for actual outdoor trees, fruiting trees. You want to look for something that's for a, an indoor uh, citrus plant. And usually like a liquid or a granular that dissolves uh, in, a, in water is appropriate. But just use about half strength. Um, and then keep an eye on that plant for things like scale and uh, spider mites as well. So um, I know I've had scale on my Meyer lemon, and it's really a hassle. So you can look at the underside of the leaves and look for the scale there. You're going to have to help me, this guy's. Can I trim <laughs> the long vines on my diplodenia? Diplodenia, yeah. That I just brought in. Yes. <laughs> okay. In a word, yes. Um, I, I always recommend with houseplants when they've got these long vines on them, like I just brought my mandevilla in, is you, you trim those back. You don't really, unless you have a lovely conservatory with lots of light, uh, you really want to keep the energy in those plants really focused on the major part of the plant and not let a lot of vining and, and branching happen. Just kind of keep them under control in your in your house uh, and then in the summer let them just you know grow like crazy outside. Texas says I got a great deal on some nursery shrubs dogwood, viburnum, hydrangeas etc. Is it too late to plant them if we leave them in the pots until spring? What is the best way to keep them through the winter? Um, boy it's pretty late to plant them. I guess it depends on how good a deal you got. Right. Um, but I, you can do what we call heal them in uh, where you can leave them in the containers and you can bury them in leaves mm-hmm. or bury them in soil. So if you have bags of leaves, that works. You can just stick them into the bags. You can just pile them up and bury them underneath a big pile of leaves. You could actually plant them out quickly and then cover them. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of a you got to just kind of figure out, like, how much did you spend? And, you know, if you lost a couple, would it be a big deal? Right. Um, and, uh, so the other option is if you have a garage that's maybe 45, 50 degrees, uh, heated garage, you could put them in and try to force them into dormancy. That might be a little bit warm actually. And then just water them like once a month. I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of options there, but again, it depends how much you spent on them. And I haven't heard this question in quite some time. Can I use 20 mule team borax to kill creeping Charlie? I hear that kind of oh, might be a little dangerous yeah. as yeah. far as sterilization. No, we don't recommend that. Any, say, don't that's an that's, old yeah. recommendation. Yep. The problem is, is it puts boron into your soil, and boron, if if enough collects, it, nothing will grow there. Right. Creeping Charlie or anything else. So we don't recommend mm-hmm. home remedies like that. We recommend you go to a local garden center, reliable mm-hmm. garden center, and you purchase a product that it's labeled for. Yeah, there's definitely better products than that yeah. probably out there. Yep. This is a good time to treat it. It right? is, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Perfect time. Texas says, I, I know it's almost out of time. I have the uh, blue spruce tree that I would like to trim the lower branches. Wondering when can I do this? You can do that pretty much any time at this point. Because okay. I, I take it those ban- branches are probably dying. That's pretty common with uh, blue spruce. This texture has a violet infestation in our lawn. <laughs> Any suggestions for killing them? Uh, yeah, like we just mentioned, now's a good time. A lot of broadleaf. What's a violet? I mean, I don't... Violets? Violets. Oh, strictly violets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But it is not creeping Charlie. <laughs> it's like doesn't purple it... grass. <laughs> it is kind of like that. I was yeah. going to say, doesn't creepy Charlie have some kind of a little flower mm-hmm. to it? Yep. Yeah. It's not such a it's silly okay. question. I, not a, I didn't say it was a silly question. <laughs>
Well, <laughs> well, vi- well I know, but I like violets, but blood, that's a broadleaf. Yep. Well, some people don't. Exactly, yeah. A lot of people don't like clover either, right? I know. I right. like Even that though the too. bees do. I right. like that, too. Uh, let's see. Can we still <laughs> trim back lilac bushes? Uh, you can trim them back if you don't care if they bloom next year. So if it's a situation where they're overgrowing their yeah. site or they're hazardous or you know, you've just, you don't care if they bloom. You just want to get them shaped up. You can do that. But now if you prune them, you're going to prune off flower buds for next year. Jared, you're going to be up at McMinn's today? No. I'm you're going, not. I'm, I'm going to the Gopher game. Outstanding. Go Very Woo-hoo! good. But where's McMinn located? McMinn uh, just off of 65, north of Blaine, Ham Lake, Minnesota. And if you want to get on the website of the U of M? Extension.umn.edu. Go to Yard and Garden. And you'll say it again. Go Gophers. Go Gophers. Right. Very good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.